Everybody hear me okay? All right, welcome to Silicon Zombies. You know, sometimes you just gotta face the music. So I appreciate everybody's flexibility as we get things kicked off here today. We have a wonderful guest, Mr. Jordan Wabe, who is a Silicon Valley institution in the startup space. So thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. And I appreciate the audience being flexible here too. Um, so let's do a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Rodolfo, if you want to hit the hands up button and we can have you join the stage or Anna Paula, if you'd prefer, that's okay too. Oh, thank you, Nick. I will be the chosen one. <laughs> so hi, everyone. It's so great to be here again. So we are Nick Codex. So when it comes to building digital products as websites, mobile apps, there is a lot to consider, right? Like who is on your team? Are they outsourced? If so, probably have the cost, but do they have the right expertise? That's where we, Nicodex, comes in. We perfected the bot model, which is build, operate, and transfer, with a stellar track record over five years that speaks for itself. How do we do this? We source a perfect team for both like software and creative, from our highly qualified talent in Mexico, handling all the taxes, administration, paperwork, and all the legal requirements save 40% with a proven team that's also in your same time zone. So Nearshare Solutions have never been easier. Feel free to reach out if you have like any doubts or questions. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Anna Paula. That's right. So nicodex.com, that's N-E-C-O-D-E-X for your digital products. Be sure to check them out. Um, So yeah, pretty excited to, to have Jordan on today. Jordan's been a longtime friend. Um, and has seen different waves in the valley, especially as it comes to uh, investing and innovation and the entrepreneur landscape. Um, Jordan has a, a super impressive background. In fact, he's a venture partner at Network VC. He's a partner at GSD Ventures. He did over a decade at Cisco. He's also a startup mentor at uh, some of the top incubators like Skydeck, Plug and Play, Capital Factory. And let's not forget about Jordan's great work at the Danish Innovation Center. Uh, if if yeah. you're a startup, if you're an investor, especially if you're a, from abroad, you want to talk to him. Jordan's a pretty girl in the room. So, uh, Jordan, please uh, share a little bit more and, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Nick. It's always a pleasure to, to be on your show. Thanks for asking me. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to my cousin, who's watching and listening at three o'clock in the morning from Assault Jordan. I am Jordan from Jordan and Allah, I know you're watching and hearing, so hello to you and I'm glad you made it. Um, so guys, uh, I'm Jordan. I've been in the Valley since 1999 and uh, was blessed to work for a great company called Cisco. And then after Cisco, I wanted to do something different and I went from corporate to startup and here I am. Uh, I met Nick in 2016, and he was pitching a, uh, a startup with Max Shapiro. And I was so impressed with Nick, I decided to stick around and see where he goes, and here we are. It's been a long journey. Um, let me start with this. If you are listening, if you're part of this ecosystem, there's 8 billion people in this world, 8 billion, 8,000 million plus. And there's a few million that are participating in this ecosystem we call startup and venture. Not more, not more than five or six million. I don't think even that much. So the percentage, the probability of being here are very small. And just by virtue of being here, in my book, it's a blessing. You've done something good. 
and you're doing this because you are going to contribute and make life better for other people. So thank you for doing that. Um, Nick, uh, take it away. I'm not good at talking about myself. So <laughs> I'm around you, my friend. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a, w- a wonderful introduction. In fact, it's it's par for the course for your your approach, which is uh, positive but real and kind of no nonsense. I think that's um, I think that's kind of what you're what you're known for. I mean, you you've seen it all. Uh, your portfolio includes Patreon, Aria Pharmaceuticals, Mobilytics, Genius AI. I mean, how how do you do it all? How do, how do you manage your time? I don't. <laughs> I, I work like a uh, in Jordan, you say you work like a donkey, which means you work a lot. <laughs> but um, I really enjoy doing this. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It's a joy. I haven't taken on a full-time job in many years because I can't see myself doing that versus the fun and the enjoyment and the pleasure and the stress and the challenge and the stretching of one's mind to be with different groups that are doing so many different things. Uh, last June, I went to Denmark. Thank you, Diane, for having me do this. Diana is on the call, and uh, she is uh, a key component of the uh, Innovation Center Denmark, and uh, she gave me a chance to go there, and I watched and looked and talked to some Danish companies there. Uh, they put on their pants the same way we do, ladies and men alike. They get up in the morning the same way we do, and they all aspire to do the same thing we do, and that's just for me. It's inspiring. It's not a Silicon Valley thing. It's a human thing. Um, I'm working with the Korean Kotra uh, Center. Uh, we have a pitch event tomorrow. I've been working with four companies. I've been working with uh, Silicon Arts. I've been working with BANF. They do something with, um, with uh, autonomous trucks. I'm working with NOTA. They do something with AI and, and chips. And I'm working with Alice, which is doing something with AI and personal assistance and document consumptions. The Koreans are doing it. The Danes are doing it. I talked to Middle Easterns. They're doing it. And Leon, if you're on the call, hello, Leon from Israel. I worked with him, and he's doing it. Uh, South America, Daniel, uh, Daniel with Cardi, Carrie T. They're doing it. Wow. This business is just, I don't know how you want to do anything but that, uh, Nick. So... Um, so I'm curious. No I'm, I'm curious, Jordan. You you probably have the the best deal flow in the Silicon Valley. What what tickles your your spidey senses? Like what what tells you like holy smokes, this is going to be a future unicorn? Uh, you you know you know it when you see it. Um, it wasn't a unicorn, but it was a good exit. I just talked to Charles uh, Nichols. He's from New Zealand. He landed in Texas. He came and pitched in, uh, in Silicon Valley. He raised some money, and right in the middle of the COVID, he got acquired, and he made a good amount of money. Uh, if you looked at the person, if you looked at the company on the outside, it doesn't look that promising. But when you dig in, and when you see the heart of the lion, when you see the determination of the founders, and of course you have to do the fundamentals, the market, the technology, and everything. But it boils down to the individuals who are running that company. If these folks have what it takes to make it happen, will they make a unicorn or not? I'm not chasing unicorns. I'm chasing great successes. If they do 10, 15, 20 X's, attaboy. Wow. That's all it takes. How, how else are you <laughs> defining success outside of uh, financially? If you're happy with yourself, honestly. Uh, you know, you, you may be stressed. You may be tired. 
you may not be uh, having the best time uh, every day. Happiness is not a 24-7 thing. But if you get up in the morning and you're putting your makeup on, you're shaving or you're brushing your teeth and you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? If you like what you see, then you're on the right track. Do you need to have $100 million? I don't know. Do you need to have a, a big car and a big house? I don't know. As long as you're happy with yourself, Nick, that mm. is success. And when I talk to you, when I see you, I know you're successful because you're very happy with what you do, Nick. And I've been with you since 2016. And and you're doing great work. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for carrying the message forward, my friend. I appreciate that. You know, so we originally had... Uh, had had connected with with Max and ages ago, and this was back when you were running the Bay Angels, which is now run by our dear friend Sean Flynn. Um, Sean, if if you're listening, we're going to cue the applause, but we we had to cut that out of the budget. So, uh, Jordan, hey, Sean. <laughs> Jordan, not a, not that it matters, but you've you've got uh, you've got over twenty thousand followers on LinkedIn. What do you? Why do people follow you? What are you sharing? with them what do you what are you teaching your your community i pay them nick i pay them <laughs> that sounds expensive <laughs> i don't know how i i didn't even know i had that many until you just mentioned it i don't think followers uh it's a good kpi for some folks but to be candid with you uh when when i put a call to action i need help on something and six or seven people jump in and says here's what we can do for you jordan uh, when you, my rule is this, give twice or three times and expect to take one. So for every time, three times you give, you take one, that is success. Um, I met a guy in South America right before COVID. Uh, he's on the call. Pablo, hello, Pablo. Good to see you, sir. Impressed me in so many ways that when he contacted me two and a half years later, he says, we want to talk. You know what I did next? I said, when and where? I'll show up for you. Wow. Because he had the right attitude, he was fixing healthcare in Mexico. He was trying to provide accessible, affordable health insurance for the people of Mexico. And when you looked in his eyes, you could see he really meant it. So, when you give that kind of effort, Nick, and when you participate in other people's success and failure, then you will have people follow you. Uh, the message I've been telling the folks in Denmark is the word tribe or clan. Um, this business of COVID and working from home, we're isolated in our offices, in our homes, in our kitchens, and we no longer interact with other humans unless there's a reason to do it. If there's a meeting, you get on the meeting. But if you don't, then you're all in your, in your, in your space, isolated. Uh, listen, let's look at humanity for... 3,000, 4,000 years ago, humans started to develop when they created tribes and units and groups. And when you link arms with other people, men and women around you to achieve one goal, protect each other, help each other, support each other, you are part of a tribe. And that tribe looks after you and you step in and you got their back when they need you to. So if you're listening, if you're part of this ecosystem, uh, this Zoom culture isn't going anywhere. But I want to encourage you to get out and build your own tribe. If you take a piece of paper right now and write the top 10 names of individuals, you can write their name down. says, if I need something, they will come for me. And if they call me, I will show up for them. That is the beginning of your tribe. 
Why is that important to me? Because in Silicon Valley, the only thing that unites us is not our nationality or race or religion or background. It's the desire to solve problems, the innovative spirit, the want to do better. You know, Nick, you're from the, from the United States. I'm from Jordan. Diana is from Denmark. Pablo is from Mexico. Amir is from Egypt. Uh, Tahir is from the Middle East somewhere. I'm not going to guess where you're from, Tahir. <laughs> what brings us together? What brings us together is the desire and the want to do better and improve upon something. That's the formation of the new form of tribe. If you follow that path, you will be successful. I guarantee it. Uh, the other thing about the tribe is show up for them. Show up for them when they're happy and show up for them when they're not so happy. Be there when they need you and be there when you're celebrating their happiness with them. Nick, you were, again, I'm giving you a lot of compliments today because somebody paid me to do that. <laughs> That's rare. <laughs> Normally you're giving me a hard time, but go ahead. <laughs> Last week I, I had a birthday and I invited a few folks to show up and you showed up and your significant other showed up and three other people showed up. You know what that meant to me? It meant the world to me. I had my birthday with my loved ones before, but the fact that some of those folks showed up on their busy Sunday, say, hey, Jordan, happy birthday, it made a whole lot of difference in terms of how I perceive them and what I'm going to do for them. Yeah. So show up for your friends, show up for your tribe, and be there for them. Yeah, thank you for saying that. You know, the, the other cool thing, too, is um, we're, we're constantly barraged with notifications and meetings and all that baloney, but when you... When you slow when you slow down and just relax and and you and you just be with the people you care about, um, like those are the th- like that that made my week, you know, like being here, being 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 there with you. Um, so yeah, I I really appreciate that, Jordan. But hey, j- to push back a little bit, I mean, for as popular and famous as you are. You, uh, you do have, uh, you do have some critics, Jordan. What do your, what do your critics saying about you? Uh, they call me prickly. <laughs> <laughs> David Wynn is not listening. David Wynn and I worked at Cisco and we had to deal with some uh, interesting problems. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I said something to him and he said, you know what? I'm going to call you prickly from now on. I'm like, why? I said, because... You're good until you get so close, and then when you push in, you feel the thorns on your head. Like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a bit more direct than your average Jordan. If you count all the Jordans in the world, I'm probably <laughs> the top 1% in terms of being direct. Um, I don't try to be disrespectful or harsh on purpose, but let me tell you a story. We were raising money for a company on in, in the East Coast, and we raised some money. I won't mention how much. The thing that irritated me the most is investors who will not tell you no quickly. They won't tell you, thank you, we're not interested, but they will just let you drag on, drag on, drag on. I believe sometimes you have to give a quick, direct, unpleasant, but respectful message so people do something else or at least they move on to the next step or the next person or the next stage. Uh, Tino, Tino and I have been working with each other for about two or three years. Add a boy, Tino, for what you're doing. I salute your persistence. You're gonna get somewhere. I know you're gonna be somewhere. But uh, when Tino approaches, at some point, I said, Tino, I love what you're doing, but it's not for us. Tino didn't take it the wrong way. He said, All right, Jordan, 
and he continued to engage and use us and we leveraged him and engaged him that's a good healthy relationship man uh some don't like that uh the other component that they don't like about me is i always want to know what do you want to talk about <laughs> before we show up what do you want to talk about tell me uh, so i'm ready for you and you're ready for me uh some folks don't care for that so much and last but not least is they know i'm your friend and that's <laughs> not a good thing Nick. <laughs> yeah good you gotta be careful who you associate with right <laughs> Uh, well, I appreciate the honest reflection. Um, that takes a strong human being to be able to be objective about that. And frankly, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, the fact that you're not wasting people's time, which is the most precious commodity we have, yeah. is actually that's a that's a benefit. I'm, um, so Jordan, I'm I'm here with uh, I'm here with my buddy and my colleague Ro, and uh, as you're talking about humanizing. Uh, relationships and and technology. Uh, Ro had a question about uh, uh, humanizing data. So, Ro, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, hi, Jordan. Thank you um, for all your wisdom and um, oh, and your, and your humor. We'll just talk in. I don't. No, I love it. I, lo- I love. I love. I love the can. Yeah. The candor. Um, so we were just working today, and uh, the question came out, and we've been trying to solve this, and I think we're getting close but how about data and how would you say we can humanize the idea of visibility into your data and putting your data to work tell me more about that uh, bro i'm not sure i mean so ultimately i said the the product's called unity central right and it absorbs. I, I look like a new product role on this show. This is my show, man. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about the product. Basically, no, go ahead. Um, go ahead. okay. We, we, I, I'm I'm reading this book about storytelling, right, and how to tell tell a proper story. And um, you know, we've tried a number of things. Data is one of those things that's it's 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 heavily important, but it's not one of those sexy kind of things, right? It's kind of like selling steel right how do you make steel sex if you've watched that Mad Men episode where they where they have bethlehem steel right and they instead of selling the steel they sell cities because all cities are made out of steel so you know on that kind of vein of thinking trying to apply that to data and so forth and, and trying to humanize it ultimately because it's not something that i don't think you know most people i think look at it as daunting Mm. Right. Mm. When, when you say humanize, you want it to look a bit more appealing, a bit more relatable. Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah re- relatable. Um, <coughs> not. I, I don't. I don't like to push for a hard sale. You know, I'd like. I like people to to come to us and, you know, like. Um, it, hmm. I think uh, we need to talk to John Ham. He's the guy on. on uh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows the answer to that. Why are you talking to me about that? I don't know. I, maybe at I, some point in your life, maybe you ran a PR I'll, ad agency or I'll, something. I'll, I'll tell you what I think. You know, um, 
other than Peter Wang who ran on state on on the 49ers uh, stadium yesterday that was Peter Wang everybody in case you wanted to know who that yes was. <laughs> <laughs> did you was that you running around the field yeah it was that it paused was, the yeah, game for 30 I did a, seconds I did a gender reveal <laughs> 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 That's legendary. Listen, uh, it's not Peter Wong, but I promise him I'll say it is, so I have to live up to my promises. That's <laughs> uh, you know, Ro, I'm not sure what, what was a good answer. Uh, data being humanized, uh, if you're trying to make it more appealing, what have you, uh, you know, you could appeal to, uh, you have to have the right data to be able to access this and that and, and make it better, make it easier, make it faster. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a good answer for you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate the the candor, Jordan. Um, by the way, Ro, the the book that you're reading, uh, it's about how to make your uh, how how to make the your customer the the hero. Yeah, quite literally, right. it's called "Building a Story Brand" by Donald Miller. Um, and actually, if you purchase the book, then you get access to the to the software, which is actually an interesting kind of Trojan horse way to. You write a book and kind of soft sell your own product in the book um, while talking about an at, uh, you know an ancillary concept. And, um, and because things are things are changing pretty quickly. Speaking of which, Jordan, um, the title of today's show is uh, the uh, it was a VC. I think it was State of Affairs. Um, I, I believe um, or. Can can you share a little bit uh, about the or the State of the Union from from the Silicon Valley Insider? So where are things now? Uh, where where is investment in the technology area? Where is it headed? Give us give us a little bit of insight. Peel back peel back some some of the onion there. So so guys, uh, the state of VC is great. Uh, listen, in 2020, 2018, 2019, 2020, uh, we were running three hundred billion dollars in venture capital funding three years in a row, give or take a, a couple of billions. Then 2021 showed up and we went from 300 billion to 600 plus billion. So if the stuff comes down, it's nice, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. This thing can't keep on going up and up and up. If you are if you are fundraising, if you're raising money and you see all everybody panicked about the VC is drying up, it's not drying up. It just went from super crazy to somewhat normal, uh, you know, you doubled in one year. If you expect this to grow further and further, it, it's not rational. So it's it's a good thing in my book. It's a good thing that it adjusts some of the valuations. Some of us lost a lot of money, which is horrible. It's a good thing it would help refocus the energy towards the more viable companies. It's a good thing that it would uh, help uh, redirect energies on things that make more sense, improve the human condition. That's our motto. Uh, you know, TikTok is great, but I'm not sure how it's helping things. Uh, energy stuff, um, climate, uh, medicine. Uh, the COVID has brought in a lot of uh, innovation. So it's not that bad, actually. It's a good thing we adjusted from drinking $600 billion in venture a year to something more rational to give us all a minute or two to say, what are we really investing in? Is this what we want to do? And uh, in, in terms of where Silicon Valley is, Silicon Valley is under pressure. Absolutely. Uh, Zoom has lowered the walls, broke down all the barriers. You can reach anybody anywhere in the world 
from the backyard or from the kitchen or from your, your front desk. Uh, as a result, we have to perform better now. We have to exceed the expectations of what Silicon Valley is about. It's not through more money. Of course, money matters. It's not through more uh, technology and innovation because that's coming from everywhere. I told you, I was talking to Korea mm -hmm. yesterday. Tons of stuff coming in. The Danes have a lot of things going on. I'm talking to folks from uh, Dubai, uh, Indian companies, Italian companies, French companies are there bringing technology. And of course, the United States is not short of technology and innovation. But what the Valley can and may be able to do is to help drive the next generation of investments that can focus on taking this planet from where it is to somewhere else. I know I'm preaching. Mm, no, no, no. I, I, this is super awful <laughs> stuff. It's interesting because it's like there's this concept of the Silicon Valley, which is it's in flux and it's changing. But before we get to that and a, a little bit about your your time abroad, because you've lived all over. I want to have Peter jump to the stage real quickly and, and speak to uh, speak to the, the piece about TikTok. OK, yeah, that's that is my topic. <laughs> um, and I want to actually so. Um, real quick, you, earlier when you were talking about how um, you like to give short, uh, quick answers, and you like you like to um, adjust or talk about uh, give people's expectations up, right? Really, initially, it reminded me of like Gordon Ramsay. So, in short, like, are you the Gordon Ramsay of Silicon Valley? <laughs> no, no, not even close, man. I don't have the accent. I don't have the hair. And absolutely don't know how to cook anything other than maybe a fried egg or two. No, I'm not, sir. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I think you got the hair, I'm Jordan. just a humble servant of the people that come and ask for help. That's all I do. I think you got, oh, you got beautiful hair, Jordan. Yeah, you do have the hair. I think you got that part down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a, um, I guess it's a little bit about TikTok and even a little bit, and I also kind of wanted to respond Ro, to your question about uh, how do you humanize data in a way. Um, what, I what I would look at is one thing that we're, that Intel is, uh, is doing right now, and just to, uh, as a background to everyone, like I currently am the brand community manager for Intel. I help uh, manage their online community on Twitter and on TikTok, uh, but I'm, but before I joined, Intel had a big issue with, you know, they're in in the eyes of younger millennials and Gen Z, they're kind of turning into IBM, and in, in a sense that like nobody knows what IBM does, um, and even though you know people buy computers and they have the big CD Intel sticker, not a lot of people are getting, starting to lose touch of what the what Intel does and their contributions to like the, the, the computers that they're holding. So we have been using TikTok as a way to um, like tap into that younger generation. Mm -hmm. And Ro, to answer your question uh, on how to humanize data, that's uh, the key word here is humanize, right? Like what yeah. are some, and oh, another way to look at, the, at hu how to humanize data is how to make data relatable. Like what are some things that we can do to make things more relatable? How can we get essentially an ingredient company like Intel to become a household name with people who are 21, 22, 23, 24. Um, and the answer is like, what's the connection, right? What's the, we've done so much content around, uh, around how like the games that you play 
and how Intel affects that. Uh, the like the, the weather tracking pings that that come onto your phone and how Intel is involved with that, or self driving cars. Everyone knows what self driving cars are, right? Do, do people know that like there's a computer in there that uh, that's processing data? And yes, they, and then whatever, as, like, as opposed to focusing, Peter, on yeah, the exactly. chip itself, the you're focusing on what the chip can do, mm. right? Um, mm-hmm. the, I mean, everybody's a hero in their own story. Everybody's a pragmatist in in in, in their everyday lives, right? Um, so, and and also, I gotta get, I gotta hand it to you, man, Peter, and we've talked offline. Um, the fact that you were able to create a department. At Intel for TikTok and Twitter. That's amazing, dude. Well, well done. Well, not, not for Twitter. Twitter has already been there. Oh, <laughs> Twitter, okay. yeah. Twitter's at five million before I joined. But TikTok, man, I, I could see a lot of a lot of older guys rolling their eyes about that, you know? <laughs> so, to, to get yeah. that through. So enough about me. Let's bring this back to you for a little bit. Um, what I there surprisingly, I've come across a lot of data. Con, uh, conversations on TikTok, and the people and these people who create this uh, this content, they're professors, they're uh, senior PMs, they're people who like work with data, but they but the content is appealing because they take a look at just at issues that we care about and relate that to data. For example, they talk about uh, causation slash correlation. Like you could do, the age old uh, example is. There's a high correlation between eating ice cream and drowning. Does ice cream cause drowning? You know, and then you can use data to to talk yeah. about this. The the um, arguments in themselves are the eye catchers, right? Like you like ice cream, you like to go swimming. Is your habit of eating ice cream in the water actually affecting your health? No. Let's look, look at the data. Peter, what what about this? Right, positioning. Positioning um, the the user as kind of like a, like Luke Skywalker, and us as kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi, right? And almost if you if you watched every every single every movie in the world, it probably has that same tangent. There is some person, some hero, some protagonist, and something happens in his life that causes a problem, and he needs a fix. He he runs into a mentor. Right, that takes right. him to achieve his goals. Right, so look, that that's kind of the angle that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, that could be a good. Yeah. Like if you if you frame the story as as something really relatable and personify just the concept of data as the uh, the guide in relation to the hero's journey. Try that and see how that works. So we'll do. So let's let's kick this back to Jordan. Um, yeah. And Jordan, I just I, I just put you on on mute there real quickly for Jordan as as well. Uh, uh, so so earlier, you know, uh, one thing uh, that, uh, thing uh, that uh, I wanted uh, to ask you uh, is, is being in the in the time out time out <laughs> apologies, <laughs> Jordan. Let's have you on. Let's have you on mute if uh, if you're not speaking. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. So so. Being in the, um, oh, yeah. oh, so there's an echo. I'm going to mute Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Okay, go ahead, Peter. Cool. Um, being in the VC industry for, uh, for so long, uh, I know that there is kind of a, there is a difference between, or a battle almost between 
trends and ideas, right? Like there's, at some point, you know, marketplace economies were the trend, but within them, certain products really thrived, whereas a bulk of them fell. And then the trend moved over to, um, to AI, and then the trend moved over to Web3 and blockchain. When you, are you, how do you uh, look at like what, within the lens of what, looking at a trend, how do you look at like what stays and what goes away? We just, can you hear me now? Yes. Are you able to hear me? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I wait for the market to determine that, to be honest with you. I remember the days of big data. I remember the days of drones. I remember the days of machine learning. I remember the days of AI and so forth. I, Jordan, personally wait for a year before I decide if this the latest and the greatest is going to be a thing or not. Uh, SPACs, remember SPACs? They were hot for six months. Uh, so, uh, I've learned don't jump in. I'm not, I'm not the first one to jump in the second or even the third. I wait for six to eight months to see where this thing, how this thing cooks. And once uh, it's burned a couple of cycles, the, the true market drives where this thing is going to go. Uh, right now, uh, web dot three is going to happen exactly how and where and what's going to be the right investment and what's going to be a trailing investment is to be determined by me i don't know for me i'm going to wait and see where it goes i'll track it watch it the same thing goes with crypto the same thing goes with all the other things but um it's a chicken and egg because sometimes the innovation drives the market and sometimes the market influences the innovation so uh, i don't have a straight answer other than uh, wait and see is what I go uh, with typically. And it almost seems like you're like a practical like approach, yeah. um, much much like uh, Daniel Skowski, like who's a, a past guest on Zombies and a good friend of yours as well, Jordan. Exactly right, exactly right. And I want to give a shout out to Patty. Patty, it's so good to see you. We should connect again. Let's talk. I know you you've been doing a lot of great things, and I can't wait to hear from from you. So find me, or I'm gonna find you. We'll talk. You can even pop in later on to but give me a hard time if you want. And and quick shout out to everybody in the audience. If if you'd like to pitch Jordan, uh, we'd love to have you up. So hit the hands up button and uh, Pierre can let you on the stage here. And and while we're waiting for that, Jordan, tell us tell us a little bit about your time in Italy and Portland and uh, your, where your career has taken you abroad. Uh, the audio wasn't the best, Nick. Can we try again? Sure, sure. Um, just interested to hear about your your adventures in in Portland and Italy and uh, uh, Dubai. You've you've been all over the world. Um, in, in curious uh, about those adventures. Well, Dubai was fun. I always wanted to stay away from Dubai back in the two twelve two thirteen, and then I worked for a company and I ended up going to India and I've lived there for about a year. And uh, I would fly from Dubai to, uh, to from, from Bangalore to Dubai every other week and spend three or four days. And then I fell in love with the place. And then I made great friends, discovered they have cousins in Dubai. I didn't even know they were mm. in Dubai. And uh, it became a, a, a familiar spot to me. Then when I, uh, when I ran Bay Angels, we wanted to open an office there. And uh, that didn't work out because we were a bit too early. But Dubai is uh, it's, it's a very unique and you guys know this, I don't need to speak about Dubai very often or very much other than it's got its own 
absolutely great attributes and if you know how to work with Dubai and in Dubai you will do very very well <clears throat> so that was one Diane uh, gave me a chance to go to to Copenhagen and I met and talked to several investors and startups over there and they are the most amazing people there is they are uh, just just the salt of the of the art they are just perfect in so many ways and I would love to do more business for them um, I haven't been to to Italy but I did go to South America and that's where I met Pablo and his team and many hey Pablo say hello uh, we had a small conference there for three days and uh, most interesting thing is uh, is I lost a bet with my hairdresser because she said uh, I would not mention her on stage and I did but she still wouldn't pay so if she's listening she needs to know she needs to pay me <laughs> and the other part is uh, the investment community in South America is was up and thriving in 2019 and I would love to learn more about how it's going so if you're listening connect back with us and let us know how is the uh, the ecosystem the angel investment the VC in South America doing they had a lot of great things but COVID just kind of changed things quite a bit yeah I feel yeah, like that could Nick, that could be its own that could be its own show. Where I'm traveling now uh, on Zoom, uh, we're connecting with a lot of investors through syndication, and uh, I, I ran the angels for a while. I was big on angel investments. COVID happened, and then things changed. And I think syndication is going to be the next, if not already, uh, angel plus plus where. Uh, the companies could approach a syndicate and instead of dealing with 12 angel investors and going through the rigor and the due diligence with 12 individuals or six individuals and hearing 16 different opinions about things, they could engage a, a couple of syndicates and the syndicates would do the proper due diligence and they'll do the proper work <coughs> and then they would share them. So can, share Jordan, them. can you, so can you define you syndication define for the audience? The yes, sir. Uh, syndication is a an investment network where uh, an individual or individuals would uh, take a look at your company, and if it fits their investment thesis, uh, they have a network of 100, 200, 1,000, a certain number of investors behind them. So uh, they would come to, let's say, Network VC. Come to Network VC, and you say, hey, I'm looking to investment. If you fit our thesis, we would syndicate, We'd create an SPV for you. We would push you out to our network and people can come in with any amount of money from 5K to 50K to more. Uh, once that round is closed, you will get a check with a one line item on your cap table from the syndicate or say, here's our check, thank you for helping us. And you don't have to deal with 50 investors or 20 investors or even 10 investors. You deal with a couple of individuals. Uh, the best syndicates are the ones that uh, give you a wide exposure to investors. Uh, those are not necessarily professional investors that do this day in, day out, but they know a thing or two about what they're doing. And uh, at the same time, uh, they don't exhaust you with a extensive amounts of due diligence and work that may not be uh, what you want to do. It's really good for uh, Series A, Pre-A, and it helps quite a bit if you focus on what the syndicate goal is. So where I was going with this is uh, angel investing took a small pause, not all of them, a good chunk of them during COVID. And now syndicates have come to the surface. 
syndicates is an evolution of the uh, the platform fundraising, where there's a leader, a subject matter experts that believes in you. And then they bring 10, 20, 30, 40 investors behind them to help you get to the next level. Uh, I'm part of Network VC, uh, decentralized. We have investors from 20 countries and um, they invest two to three companies per month, Series A, uh, with certain criteria. I don't want to plug that network too much, but I love them. Uh, Alexander Soroko, heads up, hats up to you, my friend. Alexander is from the Ukraine. He came to Santa Clara. He's been in and out, but he finally decided to come to Santa Clara for reasons he doesn't want to, doesn't like, but we all know what these are. Um, there's also uh, Jason Kalaknis, which everybody knows, and his launch syndicate, which is a great organization. And there's several others. So if you're listening, syndication is also an avenue for you to raise money. And it's not a bad thing. Um, and I hope you engage us because we would love to have your business. That's my plug-in. Hey, Sean Flynn, good to see you, my friend. So, so if, uh, for everybody so, listening, that's, hey, that's network.vc if you want to check them out. Yes. Great. And then um, also, Jordan, tell, tell us a little bit about the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Uh, so startup.network, is that an, an ancillary group that ties in? Is it like Peach Score? Is it a vetting system? Help us understand. Startup.network is a the most friendly organization you can engage. Um, it sounds crazy, but they have 100 plus events every year. And they have activities or events free you can plug into that network and you can pitch online uh you can pitch in a region you can pitch in europe you can pitch in california you can pitch in south america and so forth there's several chapters in there and those smaller chapters like the world cup the top of the top rises to the surface and they go for what they call a uh, a unicorn battles and they battle each other over four or five sessions and the top of the top goes to the top and then the top of the top is the winner. You get maximum exposure. Uh, some events are attended by 10 investors. Some events are attended by 50 investors. You'll be on YouTube, you'll be on LinkedIn. You just be exposed uh, just about everywhere. That's what you want. You want investors and business development folks to see you. And uh, it takes probably an hour of your life and it gives you the ability to hear back input from wide points of view from investors from all over the world. Europe, United States, Canadians. Canadians are United States. I ask call them that. United States and Canadians, uh, Africa, Asia, Middle East, and so forth. What I like about this network is it's really very flat. You apply, if you qualify, you're in. There's no, you don't need to know someone that knows someone to get you in. You don't need the warm introductions. You just get a chance to get exposure to what you are trying to tell the world. We use this as a theater for our network VC, but it's also a great avenue for folks. If you want to pitch, get exposure. That's the place for you as well. So thank you for sharing that, Jordan. And speaking of uh, the international startup community, uh, there's the, the African ecosystem is a is a super fascinating quickly changing space uh, and i believe three weeks ago we had drew freeman speak on that so uh check us out on spotify if you want to listen to that we put all of these up on spotify 
uh, for Silicon Zombies, and that's a wonderful episode too. Um, so, so Jordan, uh, I, I'm curious how how your team, how was your team able to get in fr- in a, a seat at the table with Patreon um, specifically? Because that's that's a pretty that's a game changing platform. Um, so, how, how did how did that work? Nah, Nick, you didn't tell me you're gonna ask me that question. <laughs> exactly, I like like to keep it sp- spicy, you know. <laughs> I, I I don't have the inside track of how we got in front of that, but I can tell you on the side conversation. I honestly don't know. If I told you, I knew I would just be making stuff up. But uh, the the individuals who run this organization, very highly capable, Alexander Shiroko, uh Anna Fedorova, and a handful of very capable super skilled top-notch people that you i have the pleasure the honor to be working with them and and when you're meeting people from you know all over how are you staying organized do you, do you have like a like a private crm or do you, do you have a salesforce how are you how are you staying organized <laughs> what makes you think i am organized i don't know you just you have this ease about you like you're no matter what you're doing, you're you're always having fun, and you're always doing it with the right people. So I figured you know something that we don't. If you ask uh, Diana, if you ask Amos, who's on the call, if you ask uh, a few others, I'm probably the least. Or Jason, that I just canceled on Jason three times for our dinner the other day. Sorry, Jason, I'll get to you soon. Uh, <laughs> I do use CRM. I do use CRM extensively. I use CRM as as if my network is my customers mm. and i log everything into crm and i track it that way um believe it or not i'm a i'm a tree killer i use tons and tons and tons and tons of post-it notes literally um but i also learned because of covid to at some point just stop you know just stop it you you do you do you do and then at some point so, all right, i gotta stop now whatever happens screw it I'm gonna stop, mm. and that keeps your sanity and your social organization together. And then I also adopted a new system. If I haven't touched something in 90 days, I'm not gonna touch it, I and see. I just purge it, or at least pretend to purge it. Um, I mean, the most important thing for me is the value proposition to engaging with somebody needs to be a two-to-one. I need to give them twice as much as I'm gonna take from them. And that helps me keep my priorities organized in a way that would make sense to people. Wow. Wow. And aside from uh, network.vc, how can we support you? Well, uh, for network, for, for uh, network.vc, uh, we're looking for two things. We're looking for investors. Please join us and entertain working with uh, us as a platform for uh, you to find the proper investments for yourself. And uh, we're looking for business partners who could do what I do, uh, get to engage in this VC world without being a $300 million uh, fund or even a million to $50 million fund. Uh, we want to decentralize the business of investment and allowing folks like Prasad, like Ambika, like like James Hines, and anyone on the call and others to participate if you qualify in this business we call venture capital. Guys, venture capital used to be fun and sexy and attractive. Now it's just a fundamental of the growth of our country. And your country, wherever you are, being able to access 
uh, money, access expertise, access infrastructure to grow your business in this absolutely crazy, insane way where you're taking money from complete strangers is going to be the way to go. Jordan, do you think think venture is getting commoditized? 100%. So how can uh, I, how can VCs differentiate? Uh, the market will tell us, Nick. I don't know what the foresight, but if we think the venture capital business is going to be untouched by uh, all the product and the financiers and the financial institutions, it's kind of foolish. It's very profitable, man. Right? Mm. It's a super profitable business. At some point, it will be institutionalized and commoditized, and you create shares and options and. And you start to buy money into VC companies. It's already happening, just not so evident. Yeah. Um, plus, it's not a it's not an art anymore. It's still maybe twenty percent art, but the science has become so good. Well, maybe that's a you good thing mean, because then uh, it becomes less handshake deals um, and and more more fair. I don't think it's unfair in its current state. It's just the fact that it's an evolution. Everything will grow. Everything will move, right? After a while, it will perfect itself, and you need the next thing, the nature of innovation, and the next thing, the nature of creation, and the next thing, which is we're done. So I hope and pray that the venture capital engagement is going to grow into something far more uh, lucrative, uh, supportive, and uh, fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it. Absolutely don't. Well, wow, I was, you know, <laughs> I was just going to ask you for some, for some parting words, but I, I don't think it gets any better than that. <laughs> you know. Well, the only parting words is Nick Larson rocks. Uh, Peter Wong did not was not the streaker, uh, <laughs> but uh, but he has gone streaking still- before, probably. Silicon, I don't know about that. <laughs> Silicon Valley is uh, very much alive, and it's in its next evolution. Uh, groups like um, GSD Labs, the business of uh, venture laboratories, and uh, is going to be the big to do next two or three years. Um, the business of uh, syndication is going to be substantially replacing some of the older institutions. And um, I think deal flow and uh, the innovation is going to be standard operating procedure, dinner table conversation, if it's not already. Very well put. Very well put. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us uh, on Silicon Zombies. Um, Super excited to have had you on today. And make sure to tune in next week at Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific for the best brains in the Bay. And quick shout out to our sponsor again, Nicodex. You know, when it comes to building digital products, be it a website or a mobile application, there's a lot to consider. Is it outsourced? If so, you might be paying half the price, but do they have the skill sets and expertise that you need? Nicodex has perfected the bot method, build, operate, transfer, with a track record of over seven years. It speaks for itself and they've done great work for folks uh, like the Byzanta team. So go to nicodex.com and check them out. Thank you again, Jordan, for your insight and your wonderful energy. Uh, please feel free to engage with Jordan on, on LinkedIn and, uh, and reach out as you see fit. And until next week, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You all have a good afternoon.